عليك ورحمة الله سيدي متى تبدا الخطبه؟ متى تبدا الخطبه؟ واحد ونص واحد ونص اوكي حان حان الوقت اوكي حسنا والاقامه؟ نعم الاقامه؟ تقومي بعد بعد الخلاص الساعه اثنين اوكي حسنا لا 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 لابد ان يعودوا الى العمل والظروف الاخرى ف السلام عليكم ورحمه الله تعالى وبركاته الحمد لله خالق الوجود من العدم وجاعل النور من الظلم ومخرج الصبر من الألم فملقي التوبة على الندم فنشكره على المصائب كما نشكره على النعم ونصلي على رسوله الأكرم بالشرف الأشم والنور الأتم والكتاب المحكم وكمال النبيين والخاتم سيد ولد آدم الذي بشر به عيسى بن مريم ودعا لبعثته ابراهيم عليه السلام حين كان يرفع قواعد بيت الله المحرم فصلى الله عليه وسلم وعلى اتباعه خير الامم الذين بارك الله بهم كافه الناس العرب منهم والعجم الحمد لله الذي لم يتخذ ولدا ولم يكن له شريك في الملك ولم يكن له ولي من الذل وكبره تكبيرا الحمد لله الذي أنزل على عبده الكتاب ولم يجعل له عوجا والحمد لله الذي نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا 
من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلله فلا هادي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن محمدًا عبد الله ورسوله أرسله الله تعالى بالهدى ودين الحق ليظهره على الدين كله وكفى بالله شهيدا فصلى الله عليه وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا أما بعد فإن أصدق الحديث كتاب الله وخير الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وإن شر الأمور محدثاتها وإن كل محدثة بدعة وكل بدعة ضلالة وكل ضلالة في النار قال سبحانه وتعالى في كتابه الكريم بعد أن أقول أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم قال فرعون آمنتم به قبل أن آذن لكم إن هذا لمكر مكرتموه في المدينة لتخرجوا منها أهلها فسوف تعلمون لأقطعن أيديكم وأرجلكم من خلاف ثم لأصلبنكم أجمعين قالوا إنا إلى ربنا منقلبون وما تنقم منا إلا أن آمنا بآيات ربنا لما جاءتنا ربنا أفرق علينا صبرا وتوفنا مسلمين رب شح لي صدري ونسر لي أمري وحل العقدة من لساني يفقه قولي اللهم ثبتنا عند الموت بلا إله إلا الله اللهم اجعلنا من الذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات وتواصوا بالحق وتواصوا بالصبر آمين يا رب العالمين Today's brief khutbah is going to be dedicated to as many ayat as I can cover uh, from Surah Al-A'raf. This is the seventh surah of the Qur'an. For those of you who would like to refer to this for yourselves, I'm going to begin with ayah number 123. So once again, Surah Al-A'raf, ayah number 123 onwards. Allah Azza wa describes the story of Musa alayhi salam in many places. And one of the most comprehensive places where all of the pieces of the story have been put together because we find ajza in different places. But the, the, the shamil version, where everything is all in one place, um, is one of the places is probably Surah Al-A'raf. It has the most detail. And the episode that I wish to speak to you about today, and the reminders that I wish to share with you, there's a couple of introductory comments I'll make. One about the, the time in the life of Musa السلام, that's being highlighted. <clears throat> Allah chose to tell us about the prophets very little. So we don't know the entire life story of Ibrahim We know some episodes. We don't know what he was doing from one year to the next year to the next year, one month to the next month to the next month. We don't know. Allah didn't, didn't give us that information. The same way he didn't give us full information in every biographical detail about prophets like Musa as I say often, and I repeat, just to remind myself and all of you, when Allah does mention something, He's very selective. So He's not, a, a historian likes to include all the details possible, all the information possible to make their historical reference complete. But the Quran is clearly not interested in giving us a book of history. So Allah will take examples from history, but He will miss and deliberately skip many, many details just to highlight a few things. What that means is those few things are very necessary for human beings forever. They're not just lessons in history. These are things that are going, these lessons are going to remain alive until judgment day. This is why they, they qualify to be mentioned. And this is the mindset. Every time you read any story in the Quran or I recite any story in the Quran, this is the mindset we should have. Why did Allah include this? Because so many other things were not included, but this was included. 
you see. The second thing I'll share with you is about the timeline of uh, and the placement, the historical placement of this story. Many events have happened in the life of Musa alayhi salam. Those of you that may be familiar, this is the time when the magicians were already defeated. So the magicians had a face-off with Musa alayhi salam. Musa alayhi salam threw his staff. They have now, their magic has been overcome. The staff of Musa turns into a snake, eats their fake ropes and, and rods, and they fall into sajda. They accept Islam in front of everybody. Now the reason this is important to understand, where this is where we're going to begin, is because Fir'aun spent, you can say, hundreds of millions of dollars to create an, a media campaign to make it look like Musa is the threat. Musa is going to destroy the country. Musa is a threat against our nation. And the people that will defend our country are these magicians. These are the heroes of the nation. And, in, so, and he forced people to show up in the crowd to make it look like the entire nation stands together with, uh, with Fir'aun. And they all stand united against Musa alayhi salam. In Surah Al-Shu'ara, even Allah Azza wa Jal hints at this and says, وَقِيلَ لِلنَّاسِ هَلْ أَنْتُمْ You know, so, so he says, uh, the people were told, are you coming or what? Are you coming? In other words, people were, the soldiers went door to door and say, you need to come outside so it looks like we have a large crowd to watch this match between Musa salam and the magicians. So when all of that is over, he spent those millions of dollars to make himself look good by way of these magicians. And these magicians themselves, they, they, they themselves took shahada. And now they're telling the entire crowd, paid for by Fir'aun, they're telling him, they're telling them, hey, we're going to be the first to become Muslim. You guys should become Muslim too. And when this happens and Fir'aun's entire media strategy fails, because this was his media strategy, it failed. Now the people are seeing the truth. People from within his administration, people from within his government, have now seen the truth and they have announced the truth. Now this is a big problem because it's easier to say every member of our government says exactly the same thing. They're sent a memo, you all have the same exact thing to say. If the media asks you, if anybody asks you, this is the official response. Egypt has a right to defend itself. That's what you should say. Make sure all of you say the same thing. You should all say we stand against the terrorist Musa. And everyone he represents. If anybody even is agreeing with Musa, then they are considered a terrorist, which means their, their blood is okay because we have to defend our country, Egypt. Make sure you say this. But now some of the most highest paid individuals from his own government, in front of everybody, declared in a live broadcast, Musa's right. Musa's right. He's not a terrorist. He, he didn't do this. We believe in his cause. And so when this happens, now this is where we're beginning. This is ayah number 123. What is Fir'aun going to do? How is he going to deal with this media failure? Because now the public might rise against Fir'aun. Oh, so you believe in him. You believe in Musa. Before I gave you permission, you don't believe anything until I give you permission. What is the Fir'aun saying? Now, if you consume Musa media, you are a criminal. If you listen to him, you're a criminal against the state. You're a traitor. 
Now I'm going to monitor if you're listening to him or not. And if you, sound, if you even look like you're starting to agree with what he's saying, you are a traitor against our country, a threat against our security. We must confine you or punish you in some way. What punishment does he come up with? If any people from within his government started saying Musa is right, you know what he said? Oh, no, 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 no. You were planning this with Musa all along. Just to make the government look bad. You're a traitor. You're a spy for Musa. You're the problem within our government. So immediately he starts turning against his own people, his own government administration, and saying, no, 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 these were traitors. These were people that spy, you know, conspired with Musa. And you did all of this because you don't care about our own fellow you know, citizen Egyptians. I'm the one trying to save our country, and you traitors are going to side with the enemy. You're trying to destroy our beautiful country. You know what he's trying to do now? If you love your country, you will be with Fir'aun. And if you're going to question Fir'aun, it must mean you hate your country. You hate, you hate your nation. You hate your people. So now this, he created a new loyalty test. Immediately. So that everybody, by the way, everybody watching in the millions or hundreds of thousands in the crowd, they all know what's really going on. They know he's playing this game. But they now know if you open your mouth or even think the wrong way, the way the government doesn't want you to think, you're going to be in trouble. This is the suppression of free speech in the Quran, right? The suppression of dissent. You can't question the authority. And then he says, فَسَوْفَ تَعْلَمُونَ it's very important. He said, this is going to be my policy for people like you, magicians. I'm going to chop off your arms and your legs from the opposite side. Like your right arm I will chop off, your left leg I will chop off. Or your, your left, leg, left arm, right leg. And after I'm done mutilating your body, I don't just want it to go get buried somewhere. I'm going to hang it in the street. I'm going to crucify you so people walk by, they can see the dead body. I'll crucify you publicly. What does that mean? Why is he hanging people in the streets? Decoration? He's hanging them. So anybody else who thinks about even listening to Musa, who even thinks about it, I'm going to be next. He's making sure people will continue to fear death. And if they can continue to fear death, they will listen to him. He will have control so long as people fear death. So remind them of their death. Remind them of the most you can do in this dunya. Make them see Jahannam in this world. We will give them hell on earth. Say this to them. We will give them hell on earth. And then they will back down. They will, they will succumb. They'll quiet. They won't even raise their voice anymore. And the magicians respond, قَالُوا إِنَّا إِلَىٰ رَبِّنَا مُنْقَلِبُونَ we're only going to go back to our Rabb anyway. What are you going to do to us? How are you going to harm us? You can't do anything to us. Even if you do, you can hurt my physical body, you can hang me, you can crucify me. At the end of all of that, where am I going? I'm going back to my Rabb, which is their way of saying, you will never be my Rabb. You will never own me. You can't own me. This is the defiance of the, the magicians that became Muslim. They became heroes of this Ummah because the first thing they declared is, we don't fear death. And then they, they said openly, And what is this anger that you have towards us? Why do you want this kind of revenge against us? 
The only crime we've apparently committed is we believe in the revelations that were, have come to us. The truth that has come to us. We accept the truth, the revealed truth. This is the real reason you hate us. This is the real reason you want us destroyed. Our master, pour sabr over us and give us death as Muslims. Look at this dua. Take us away as Muslims. They are already prepared to die. They've accepted it. Now the only concern is not if I'm going to die. Now the only question is how am I going to die? The question has changed. Now their behavior is not dictated by I don't want to die. Now their behavior is dictated by I want to die doing the right thing. I want to die believing the right thing. I want to die in a state of Islam. How I want to die. The question about death has completely changed for them. The problem now is, even Fir'aun is starting to question, is this the right policy? Because there's a lot of public backlash. People are questioning what I'm doing. I'm about to, because this is in uh, Al-A'raf, other places in the Qur'an. I've mentioned this in a previous khutbah. He was ready to commit genocide. Kill everybody. But he hadn't taken that step yet. He's thinking about it. What should be the media? What should be the strategy here? Because we need to do something militarily. But before we do something militarily successfully, we need to make sure we control the media too. And if the media gets out of control, we need to make sure how to rein it back in. You know, who, who's the troublemaker in the media? We need to let them know or figure out a way to solve that problem. He's still deliberating, but some people within his administration, there's two opposite groups. One group within his administration accepted Islam, like I just showed you. They were part of his government. There's another group inside his government. And they're like, no, 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 no. We need an aggressive solution here. We need a real leader here. You need to press the red button. You need to kill as much as possible. This is the only solution. So within the government, those who accepted Islam, and within the government, those who say blood. We just want blood. That's all. This is the only solution. And they're both, now. those are the two extremes. And maybe silent ones in the middle. But here's what Allah tells us. The generals. The military commanders, because military commanders, the only solution they like is a military solution, right? So what do they start telling Fir'aun? They, they're his advisors. They say, Musa wa Oh, so you're going to just leave them? You're going to leave them alive? Musa and his people? So they can keep creating more problems in the country? These people are a problem. You can't leave them alone. If you don't find a solution for this now, this problem will keep coming back. You're just going to let them keep doing that? They're the ones causing fasad. So what's the logic of the military commanders? Their military commanders are saying, look, these people are too much trouble. The only solution is they all need to die. That's the only way you can solve this problem. Are you serious about solving the problem or not? Are we going to solve this problem once and, once and, for, all, once and for all or no? And they said, they're, not, they're leaving you and they're leaving your religion. It's interesting. They didn't talk about the religion first. They talked about him first. They're going to question you. They might undermine your power. The government officials were telling their leader, Fir'aun, listen, if you don't kill them, it's going to make you look weak. Your presidency might be in trouble. You might get in trouble in the next elections. Don't look weak. This is not a good look for you. We need a strong leader. Not to mention they also want to leave your religion, meaning they don't follow your way. 
So you know what? You need to have a solution. And he says, we will slaughter their children, let their women live. I've given the previous khutbah about this. And then we will we, we are dominant over them. Now, what the, re the real reason I wanted to share this khutbah with you is what was the response of Musa alayhi salam to this overwhelming campaign. I want you to understand something. Fir'aun was one of the most dominant military powers on the planet. And the Israelites were helpless people. They didn't have a standing army. They were completely, they were living in an open air prison. They were encamped. They couldn't escape. They were basically just civilians. And the, the, the Fir'aun's army could go in and do whatever they want, whenever they want, however they want. And nobody can question them. This was the situation. So in this situation, Musa alayhi salam is supposed to give a khutbah to his fellow believers that are stuck inside that prison. What is he going to tell them? How is he going to address them? What's the solution for them? He says to them, alayhi salam, Ista'inu billahi wasbiru. Seek Allah's help. Continue to have sabr. The land, the earth belongs to Allah. He gives this land and inheritance to whoever he wants. From among his slaves. And the final end, the last laugh, the end victory can only be for people who have taqwa. That's it. That's all he gives them. But you know, there are some people in the audience that have strong iman. They hear this and they say, this is enough for us. Like the magicians. It was enough for them. Other people said, come on. We're the ones getting killed here. You're going to give us khubba about iman? Give us a real solution. This is not a real solution. This is just, oh, you're making us feel better. How do we get rid of this problem? So the next ayah is about the people. For them, when he said to them, the earth belongs to Allah. Allah has a plan for you. You need to not lose your iman. This is the most important asset. The most important, the most valuable treasure that the believer has is not the land. It's not their life. It's actually their iman. And the magicians understood this because they said, the one thing we cannot afford to lose is our iman when we're dying. They understood this. But there are others who said the following. Listen to this ayah. And I'll conclude with this ayah. They said, before you came, they talked to Musa, his followers, some of his followers. They said, before you came, we were being tortured. After you came, we're being tortured. What good are you? How are you a solution? Because in their mind, if you're following Islam, if you're following the right religion, it should solve all your problems. Life should be good. Money should become easy, health should become easy, safety should become easy. You should become the superpower because you believe in Allah. Once you believe in Allah, you should have everything in dunya the best of it. And you're supposed to be the prophet. You came. When you came, life should, dunya should have become Jannah. How come you came and before you came, we were getting beat up by Fir'aun? And after you came, we're still getting beat up by Fir'aun? What good are, what's, what's your point? What's your purpose even? We don't see any difference. Whether you're there or you're not there. Now Musa salam could answer that question. Because that's what they said to him. When he gave him this khutbah, this is how they responded. Imagine a, a prophet of Allah giving a khutbah and some people in the Jumu'ah itself or whenever he gave this khutbah to them, they start talking back in the middle of the khutbah. So how does he respond to this criticism? He says something so scary and I wanted to end with this and I, I hope this is the thought that leaves me and you thinking for a while. What did Musa alayhi salam say to them? Listen to this. 
He said, Asa Rabbukum and Yuhlika Aduwakum. It's quite possible that Allah will destroy your enemy. It's very possible that Allah will destroy your enemy. The pharaohs and their dynasties lasted several centuries. And Allah ended the Fir'aun's reign in one minute in the water. For Allah, فَعَلُوا لِمَا يُرِيدٍ He can do what He wants, when He wants, how He wants, how quickly He wants. This is not a big, this may be a big problem for me. This may be a big problem for someone else. This is not a big problem for Allah. وَذَلِكَ عَلَى اللَّهِ يَسِيرٌ First thing He says is, it may be that Allah will destroy your enemy. First. Then he says, وَيَسْتَخْلِفَكُمْ فِي الْأَرْضِ And once he destroys your enemy, he will give you power over the land. So your enemy is gone, who's going to take over? You will take over. He'll make you powerful. So far, this sounds like I should give a takbir. Wow, the enemy will die, I will win. I will have power over the land. That's not where he ended. Then he said, فَيَنْظُرَ كَيْفَ تَعْمَلُونَ then Allah will observe, how do you behave? Allah will observe, how do you behave? So right now your enemy is Fir'aun. And he acts in this way. And maybe Allah will destroy him. And maybe after destroying him, he will give you the kind of power once he gave to Fir'aun. And then he will see, are you any different from Fir'aun? Or are you turning into Fir'aun yourself? Let's see how you do. Let's see how you do. Not so long ago, many Muslim nations were colonized by the British, by the French, by the Dutch. Huge parts of the Muslim world. Not so long ago, our grandfathers and our grandfathers' fathers were standing all night in Masajid begging Allah to remove the rule of the colonizers from our lands. Begging them. That if Allah will give us victory, if Allah will remove these kuffar from over our necks, that we will worship only Allah. That we will bring justice. We will bring the light of Allah to the land of the Muslims. We will worship Him and live as we were supposed to under the shade of Allah's book and the sunnah of His Messenger This is not ancient history. This didn't happen thousands of years ago. This happened within the last hundred years that in our own families, my family, your family, many of your families where you come from, there were people begging in the masajid to give them freedom so they can have power over the land. And in many of those nations, those powers retracted their tentacles and the Muslims actually developed some level of independence. And of course, once they developed that level of independence, they didn't oppress anyone. They didn't have corrupt governments. They didn't rig elections. They didn't accept bribery. They didn't become Fir'auns themselves. They didn't secretly arrest anyone or kill anyone. They didn't... Allah says, maybe Allah will destroy your enemy. And maybe Allah will put you in charge. And then Allah will see, how do you do? How do you, how do you behave? Allah said this on the tongue of Musa salam to Bani Israel. Bani Israel, thousands of years ago were told, maybe one day you will have power. Let's see if you're any different. Imagine. But Allah is not only talking to Bani Israel, He's also talking to me, He's also talking to you. Maybe Allah will give me and you power one day. How are we going to behave? Now we don't have to have power in a government. You, have, you can have power in your home. You have power in your business. 
You have power in your community. How do you? How do I use that power? How, how do I apply that power? Do I apply these principles? This is a scary question that Musa salam left with. By the way, what was their complaint? Oh, before you came, we had problems. After you came, we're being tortured. You know, he didn't even acknowledge that question because the people who asked that question don't even understand the fundamentals of Islam. They don't even understand. They don't even need to be dignified with an answer. Why? Because before this, the real answer was, this life is very temporary. We're not here to live a luxurious life. We are here to pass a test. And the ultimate passing of that test is, tawaffana muslimin. Give us death as Muslims. This, you know, وَلَا تَمُوتُنَّ إِلَّا وَأَنْتُمْ مُسْلِمُونَ Allah gave us this warning directly too. Don't you dare let yourselves die except that you're in a state of Islam. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give you and me the state of Islam in the moment of our death. And may Allah azza wa jal allow the tragedy of this ummah not only to be lifted, but lifted in a way that doesn't corrupt our iman, it only elevates our iman. And may Allah azza wa jal accept our shuhada. And may Allah grant them forgiveness and accept all of their du'as for this dunya and for the next, for the next life. May Allah also accept all of our ibadah and overlook and forgive our shortcomings and bless this community, bless our children, bless our families, and allow us to overcome the shayateen within us, the, the nufus within us, so we don't become Fir'aun even in our personal life. Barakallahu li wa lakum fil Qur'an al-Hakim wa nafa'ani ba'iyakum al-ayati. الحمد لله وكفى والصلاة والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى خصوصا على أفضلهم وخاتم النبيين محمد الأمين وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين قال الله عز وجل في كتابه الكريم بعد أن أقول أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما صليت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم في العالمين إنك حميد مجيد اللهم بارك على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما باركت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم في العالمين إنك حميد مجيد عباد الله رحمكم الله اتقوا الله إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر ولذكر الله أكبر والله يعلم ما تصنعون أقل الصلاة إن الصلاة كانت على المؤمنين كتابا موقوتا أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله أشهد أن محمد رسول الله حي على الصلاة حي على الفلاح كتقامة الصلاة كتقامة الصلاة الله أكبر الله أكبر لا إله إلا الله استقيموا يرحمكم الله There's a little bit of room in the first row, so everybody be ready to move up a little bit. Let's make as much room as possible in the back. Allahu Akbar. الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين إهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين
بطش ربك لشديد إنه هو يبدئ ويعيد وهو الغفور الودود ذو العرش المجيد فعال لما يريد هل أتاك حديث الجنود فرعون وثمود بل الذين كفروا في تكذيب والله من ورائهم محيط بل هو قرآن مجيد في لوح محفوظ الله أكبر سمع الله لمن حمده الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين آمين. والعصر إن الإنسان لفي خسر إلا الذين آمنوا إلا الذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات وتواصوا بالحق وتواصوا بالصبر الله أكبر سمع الله لمن حمده الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر السلام عليكم ورحمة الله السلام عليكم ورحمة الله استغفر الله استغفر الله استغفر الله 